Welcome to Words, Wobbles and Wisdom, an honest and fun body positive podcast by me, Anne-Marie Miles. Are you struggling with your weight? Do you wish that you didn't think about food so often? Are there days when you'd wrestle a toasted sandwich off an alligator? Well then, this might just be the podcast for you. I share my story, a lifelong battle with weight, food and mental health struggles. I share it alongside some of my writing on the subject and some of the wisdom I've gleaned from my life as a Christian. So join me for this week's episode of Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. Testing one, two, testing one, two, testing the microphone. Hello there, it's Anne-Marie Miles testing the microphone. Yes, I am late putting the podcast up. This is because it's the third time I've recorded it. The first time I was, it was, I just didn't, I couldn't find a way to say what I wanted to say. So it was all garbled and mismatched. So I, I recorded it all and then I edited it. And when I edited it, it sounded even worse. It was even more garbled and choppy. And so I thought, right. I'm going to record again. So this morning I recorded it again and it was great and it was probably the best piece of nonfiction podcasting ever and the microphone wasn't plugged in. So this is my third time to record the podcast. So here's hoping that this time it's going to work properly. So welcome to Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. Microphone still working? Yes, microphone still working. Lovely to have you with me. Thank you for listening to last week's. I know last week's uh, podcast was a bit of a mishmash as well. <laughs> as you can probably hear, I am much more alive and awake than I was last week. But it was so warm, I couldn't bear that heat was driving me. Oh my goodness. I couldn't cope with that heat at all. It was just really, really, um, you know, hot. So I think I actually fell asleep. Did I halfway through? I'm sure there was snoring. But anyway, here I am ready to launch in to this week's subject. Testing, testing. Afraid of my life now. The microphone's going to go off. <laughs> OK, so the subject I wanted to share about this week, I had a little bit of a moment during the week where the same thing kind of presented itself to me in different ways, from different directions. And basically it was the idea, the question really, what actually is the big deal about being fat? What's the problem? Is being fat actually that bad? Because I see lots of people and it doesn't seem to bother them that they're overweight. They don't seem to be on diets all the time. They certainly don't talk about being on diets all the time like I do. But then I also know people who aren't as big as me who do talk about dieting all the time. So I suppose it isn't just the thing that big people talk about. So I was really genuinely asking myself, what would be the worst thing about not dealing with it? Okay, so if you've listened to other episodes, you will probably be thinking, hang on a second, you spent the last year saying, oh, it needs to stop, it needs to change, I need to do something about it, and I'm determined, and da -da -na 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 -na. I'm not saying I've come to any different conclusions on that. But I was presented with the question, and it did make me stop and think and examine my feelings about being overweight. Is it? Is it that bad? <laughs> What's the big deal? What's the biggie about being a biggie? Why am I completely consumed by it all the time? So there was a couple of things that kind of started me off 
I follow an Instagram account called Breaking Free from Body Shame by Jess Connolly. So I've been following her for a while. There's lots of inspirational stuff and she has written a book that I'm not quite ready to read. But she posted on Instagram the other day and it said, repeat to keep breaking free. Shame off me. God made my body for good. My body is not a project. Freedom was purchased for me on the cross. So obviously she's a Christian and I understand that not all my listeners are Christians, but what really struck me was not the biblical stuff because I believe that. That comes easy to me now. What I did struggle with was my body is not a project. That's the line that stopped me because that's what my body has been for as long as I can remember. It's been a project. It's been something to change or something to hide or something to show off when I'm doing well. Not fully show it off, you understand, but but <laughs> my body has been something I've hated or been apathetic about or something I've been enthusiastic about changing, but it's always been a project. That sentence, my body is not a project, took me by surprise. And I was thinking, if it's not a project, then what is it? So the Bible tells me that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, a place where God resides within me. The Bible also says that my body is not my own, that it was bought at a price. All of those things I believe and they're true for me. But if my body is not a project, if it's not something I'm constantly working on, then what what is it? What do I do with it? Here's another post that I saw about body image and it says, Your king loves your body because he made it. He made it for his glory. Your king loves your body not because it's a tool to get his work done, but because it's a treasure where his Holy Spirit is housed here on earth. So it kind of suddenly struck me that God has a completely different attitude towards my body. I'm not saying that I don't think he wants me to do anything about it, that I don't think he wants me to be healthier or fitter. But right here, right now, he loves my body a heck of a lot more than I do. And he certainly is quite happy to dwell within me, even though I am the size that I am. I am wrestling a little bit with it, though. (laughs) You see, as I said, I know a lot of people from what I can gather, their body is not a project. They live the life they live and they're not constantly consumed with doing something different with themselves or changing themselves. And I'm thinking, what do you think about them 24 hours a day? What are you completely obsessed with? What does consume your thinking? And then there's another person I follow on social media and she posted something this week. So Sunday Jo Graham lost 145 pounds and she's in the last uh, while, last couple of years has been having skin removal surgery. So it's been a difficult time for her, but she's just recently moved into the area of weight loss coaching. And she has a podcast called the Diet Haters Podcast. So I've been following Sunday Joe for quite a few years now and seeing her develop and kind of move into these different areas. She's American and she's a Christian, so she's quite open about her Christianity on her podcast and in her posts. And most of what she talks about will be from the concept of faith. But she posted something a few days ago that again took me by surprise (laughs) and it said, hating your body doesn't change your body. It just makes it a harder place to live. And I was thinking, gosh, I totally get that. I absolutely, I could really, I could just really connect with that. And I just felt that this week, these things, my attitude towards my body was kind of being presented to me. And does that happen to you every so often that, that, 
it's like you know whether you believe in God or not there are, I believe it's God putting these things in front of me you know wanting me to think about them and really kind of dwell on them and they come from different places from, from different people but they're all kind of zoning in on the same point so then I was saying right well let's look at the pros and cons of being fat <laughs> so the pros are there's not really many pros to being fat I, I think the only one really is that I don't have to worry about what I eat and I can just eat what I want and what does it matter? That's probably the only pro to being fat. And it's about food, isn't it? Which, <laughs> you know, I'm all about the food, you know me. But I was thinking about the cons of being fat and it's still socially unacceptable. For all the enlightenment we have and all the acceptability we have of different people who live different lives and are different types of people and believe different things and practice different practices, it's still quite socially unacceptable to be uh, overweight. There's still um, a lot of name calling. There's still a lot of criticism. You see on social media, you know, a, a superstar just needs to put on a couple of pounds or have a tiny little belly and they're either pregnant or they're fat, you know. So it's still socially quite unacceptable. It's more expensive to buy clothes and more complicated to buy clothes. It's a drag on the NHS and the health services. It's something that I hate. And uh, I kind of stopped there. That list was long enough for me. I suppose the biggest negative is really the health side of things, isn't it? It is unhealthy to be morbidly obese. And it's not one issue, is it? It's bad for your heart. It's bad for your digestion. It's bad for your respiratory system, bad for your blood pressure. It's bad for your organs. I've actually never had high blood pressure. My blood pressure is quite low, not dangerously. It's just below the normal. So and I've never had a problem with blood sugar. In fact, it was quite frustrating for me when I was at my heaviest, like 22, 23, 24 stone. You know, whenever I would go to the doctors, the first thing they would say is, oh, you need to have a glucose tolerance test. You must be diabetic. And it was quite annoying because every single time I took one, I was negative for diabetes. They would just take one look at me and say, right, before we do anything, before we say anything, you need to have a glucose intolerance test. And the statistics, of course, will say that that's the most likely issue. So again and again, I would do these horrible tests. <laughs> this stuff is gross. They were always negative and the doctors would be surprised that it was negative, that I wasn't diabetic. There's no history of heart disease in my family. I don't have an issue with blood pressure, as I said. <laughs> in fact, when I was going through my surgery 20 years ago, my consultant was from Vienna, so she was quite, quite short tempered. She had what I've heard called an unfortunate manner. <laughs> And she would give out about my weight all the time. But she would always say that I was one of the healthiest fat people she knew because I had no other issues at all. And even my asthma is under control. It causes me very little trouble these days. But of course, the high weight um, causes all these problems as well as, you know, the fat deposits in the arteries and the hardening of the arteries and and I'm not saying that it's fine, that it's not a problem, that it's no biggie to be a biggie. I'm just saying at the moment, it's not a medical problem for me. Even my hysterectomy was nothing to do with my weight at the time. So thinking about all of these things and pouring through 
all of these things and those questions, I was thinking it's a lot of work. It's a lot of mental anguish. It's a lot of emotional stress. Is it actually worth it? Is it worth the mental anguish of trying to lose weight? The mental anguish and stress that dealing with my weight causes me is such an ironic, ignorant bliss when I felt crap about myself. But actually being on a weight loss journey doesn't very often feel great. What is the benefit of it? The question I'm asking, is it worth the fight? Is it worth the difficulty? And can I ever, will I ever get to the stage where I'm just happy, where I just accept myself as I am, but still look after myself? I've been getting ready to go away in a few weeks time, getting some summary stuff out, buying a couple of bits and everything I've looked at and bought or thought about putting on the list to pack. I think I wish I had a smaller one of these. I wish I didn't have to wear that. I wish I could wear tops with no sleeves. Can't stand the top of my arms. Only when it's really, really warm would I ever contemplate being out with a, sh- with a sleeveless top on me. But I usually have something over my shoulders. I could never want to wear one of those stringy tops or stringy dresses without something over my shoulders. And even though I really am excited about this trip and it's part of the ongoing 50th birthday celebrations, it's not even that I wish I didn't care. I just wish it wasn't so hard. Kind of reminds me of the writing life, actually, because sometimes I hate being a writer. Sometimes I wish I wasn't a writer, but I can't not be a writer because I am one. And it's a bit the same with being an overweight person. Sometimes I wish I wasn't an overweight person, but I can't not be one because I am one. (laughs) So you have to do the things that overweight people have to do, which is a real pain. Um, Sometimes I just wish I didn't care, you know. I have to keep going, though. I know I have to keep going. So all of that thinking, all of that pondering, going back and forward, it suddenly came to me in a kind of flash of light. That being fat or not being fat is not the issue. Because there are people who have a destructive and a dysfunctional relationship with food and they're not fat. In fact, they are quite the opposite. And there are people who have a destructive and dysfunctional relationship other than with food and then their weight is not an issue. The issue is not about whether I'm fat or not. The issue is about the fact that I have a dysfunctional relationship with food, that I use food, to comfort me, to make myself feel better, to fulfill myself, to give myself peace. And though I try my best not to do that, I still do it. Maybe not as often as I used to, but I still do it. So actually what I've realised in all this, I have been asking the wrong question. What does it matter whether you're fat or not? Because that's the wrong question, because the answer to that is it doesn't really matter. You know, maybe someday it'll cause you medical problems, but at the moment it's not causing you any medical problems. It doesn't really matter. I suppose in 10 or 20 years time, it might be a huge problem. But at the moment, there isn't a problem. So, but the problem is my use of food as medication. Filling some emptiness that I I can't work out what it is. Just satisfying that feeling of dissatisfaction. Anyway, so we get to this stage and then I go back to the social media post where it says your body is not a project. And I think actually that is true. The project is my heart and my mind. And the other quote that says hating your body doesn't change your body. It makes it a harder place to live. 
That is true. When I'm lamenting over the size of the clothes I have to pack for the holiday or regretting that the stuff I can't fit into that I wanted to fit in by now, really, I'm taking away from the joy of the holiday. Why don't I just pack for the holiday and go and enjoy myself, but look after myself at the same time? So the last week or 10 days have been a bit of a revelation to me. I didn't realise I was hung up on body image. But I think it's the fact that I've put on some weight and I'm trying to get it back down has shown me that all of the concern has been focused on how I look or how I feel about how I look, what fits me, what doesn't fit me, etc. All about the look and the size and the width of the hips and the depth of the stomach. (laughs) Whereas actually, that is not the issue. That is just a symptom of the issue. So while I'm dealing with the actual issue, which is my head and my heart, my body is not a project. It is not something to hate. And that in dealing with the head and the heart, which is actually the issue, then the potential problems with my weight causing me health problems or whatever will also be dealt with. And in the meantime, I need to look after myself, treasure myself, love myself, care about myself, stop tearing myself down because I've gone backwards in this journey. So, yeah, I've it's been difficult and and that's why I have found it hard to do the podcast when I did the first um, recording. Well, it wasn't the first. I did a number of them. (laughs) But when I did, you know, the first few and tried to edit and put them all together, it just sounded awful because I was hesitating at the end of every sentence and, and not. I, well, yeah, but well, no. I, 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 so there was a lot of that, and I, yeah, I maybe I should have just left it all in and and shared the first episode, the first recording with you, but I just felt no, I'm not getting across what I want to say, and and then I recorded it the second time with the microphone not plugged in, <laughs> so nothing. I I uploaded it into Audacity to have a listen to it, and there was just this blank. 20 minutes of silence and I thought Lord is that what the people really want to hear (laughs) 20 minutes of silence and I thought oh maybe I'll go back to the first maybe I'll just go back to the first recording you know the first complete recording of it and put it uh, up but no I really felt no I need to gather my thoughts get my thoughts together so having the opportunity to do it a third time has actually been helpful I have to confess I've been listening to podcast episodes from diet haters I've been reading went back and read those posts again from the putting an end to body shame Instagram account just trying to get myself into the headspace where I stop obsessing about how I look and about how I feel about how I look. I really feel that I've stepped into a new realm of thinking now, which is what I want to do because I want to improve my thinking. I want to develop my thinking, take on board some stuff, evaluate it, see if it's for me, let it go to one side if it isn't for me, but be considering these things. But I definitely want to move into that place where my body is not the project, where I stop obsessing about my body and that I start really dealing with my head and my heart. I hope this has been helpful for you. Um, I know it's, it's, it still feels like it's a little bit of a mishmash, uh, but I do hope it's been helpful for you. And it's certainly been helpful for me uh, saying it out loud three times <laughs> to actually get it to be recorded. And every so often I'm looking, is that microphone on? Yes, it's on. So, um, but yeah, I hope that that has been helpful. And I would love, 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 love to hear your comments. Email me, uh, smile at annemariemiles.co.uk. That's my new email address, smile at annemariemiles.co.uk. Before we finish up, we've got one thing to do. Frankie!
What is that about? That's right. What is that about? Well, a friend of mine actually shared this with me. It's not something that I've had trouble with recently. And it was something that I thought was gone. It was something I had trouble with in days of yore. My friend ordered a beautiful dress in a catalogue. So the top of it was like cotton and lace. And then a slightly dropped waist. And then the skirt of it was a satin skirt. Absolutely beautiful. It wasn't a wedding dress, but it was for a formal occasion. And she ordered it. And when it arrived, the top, it was like there was a lace and cotton top. Somebody had sewed lining onto the bottom of it. You know, like the lining of a skirt or the satin slip you used to wear under your school skirt. Like it was just lining. And it was just sewed onto the bottom of this top. And what's, I just can't believe that it's still going on. I remember ordering stuff from catalogues years ago. And when it arrived, there's no way it was the same product. It's the same colour and the same style, but it was like they took the picture from somewhere else, put it in their own catalogue and then made a cheap and nasty version of it. Just didn't think that happened anymore. I find shopping from catalogues is much better than it used to be. And the stuff that you get is far more genuinely what you've seen in the catalogue. But I have to say, just be careful for those companies who are still doing it. Shame on you. And such a shame that ordering stuff online is still such a minefield. But that really annoyed me that that lady had spent a lot of money on a really nice dress and ended up with a dreadful product. But thank you so much for joining me. There's one other thing that I wanted to let you know. The podcast is one year old on the 11th. So on Wednesday the 10th, I'll be having a little podcast birthday party and I would love you to join me. So what I'd love you to do is if you have a birthday greeting for the podcast, would you record yourself and send it to me? I mean, literally just a couple of sentences or maybe if you'd like to share something about if you've liked the podcast or enjoyed it or maybe your favourite moment. I'm quite happy to read stuff out if you want to email me or send me a message through social media. But it would be lovely to have a few voice messages as well. So you can record on, on your phone and email it to me or whatever. I would love you to do that if you'd like to. So it's uh, a week Wednesday, so just less than two weeks. It'll be Wednesday the 10th, the first birthday party of Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. I hope you can join me then. But I also hope you join me next week as well. And I want to thank you for joining me. It's so great to have you listening. Thank you so much for those who've bought me a coffee. Thank you for popping into the website. I got some really great feedback after reading the opening of Gorse Lodge last week. So glad you enjoyed it. And uh, I'm changing my website a little bit, but it's still there and lots of information on it. AnneMarieMiles.co.uk And if you want to email me, it's smile at AnneMarieMiles.co.uk And I will see you and you will hear me next week. Take care. Bye bye.